0: The Midday
1: Report. I'm Mandy Wiener. Keep listening as we round up the key stories affecting your world with interviews with newsmakers, in-depth analysis and eyewitness news reporters on the ground. The Midday Report. But first, have a listen to the electricity minister, Hosea Ramachopa speaking earlier today, apologising, saying sorry to all of us for the escalating load shedding. Have a listen.
2: We had to take uh, uh, measures that are meant to protect the grid and we, we went to stage six uh, load uh, shedding. So I really want to um, express our most sincere and uh, prof- profuse apology uh, for having uh, taken you through a very, very difficult uh, um, uh, stage of uh, intensive load shedding. I'm making this point because the first, load shedding is unacceptable. I think that's the first point. The second part is that uh, going to higher stages of load shedding, especially stage six, should not become the norm. And if anything, that should constitute an extraordinary occurrence. And we are going to make it the the case that uh, to the extent that uh, for purposes of uh, protecting the grid, there's a need for us to um, initiate stage six load shedding. I'm going to stand uh, before the country, the public, and apologize uh, profusely. And I'm not in any way suggesting that load sharing is ac- uh, acceptable, but I think the intensity of uh, load sharing that uh, goes beyond uh, stage four is something that uh, should become uh, uh, unacceptable and it's, it's something that uh, uh, to the degree that we can well, from uh, a technical uh, uh, point of view that uh, we, we are able to avoid it, we will do everything possible to avoid it. And I'm raising this because I know that they have disrupted life, would uh, have uh, uh, disrupted uh, businesses, especially those who are operating over the weekends, people who have had uh, activities, uh, and that would have been significantly disrupted. And for that, we want to profusely apologise. And of course, like I said, the uh, uh, load sharing of any stage is uh, unacceptable.
1: That is the electricity minister. So there's a view that this is brilliant because the new minister is providing clear feedback. He's giving us an update on what the grid is looking like. There's full accountability. Uh, He's acknowledged that there's nothing normal about load shedding. We don't deserve it at all. It shouldn't be the norm. Do you think that's good enough? What is your response to that? Hossienso Ramachopa saying, sorry, we shouldn't be in this situation.
3: On 702 and Cape
4: Talk, this is the Midday Report with Mandy Wiener, brought to you by Nedbank Commercial Banking, specialists who enable your business growth aspirations.
1: Well, let's take a look at this issue of trucks being targeted and burnt. Five people appearing in court in connection with the attacks on trucks today, all of them arrested in Mpumalanga Last week, more than 20 vehicles set alight in three provinces at different instances. The police minister, vicky saying that law enforcement knows of other suspects who may have been involved as well. Actually, I drove from Renans yesterday and you could see on the side of, of the road the, the scorched, uh, blackened grass from where trucks had been burnt evidence of what had actually happened and what is being said here is that these are all truck drivers who are appearing in court today and it is a labor issue but certainly from the outside it looks like it's far more than just a labor issue to be so gober ewn reporter following the story for us to be so good afternoon to you thank you for your time five people expected to appear in court today what do we know about that
3: uh, as you said, uh, there are five people that are expected to appear here at the MLO Magistrates Court. Now, I'm just outside courts, Mandy, and I can tell you I've counted at least uh, five uh, police police vans. Now, I have spoken to the staff here at the court um, and just to ask them, is this normal? And uh, they said, no. Um, so there's obviously a very heightened. Police presence. The prosecutor has told us, Mandy, that the people uh, they are expected to appear at around half past twelve. Um, so obviously, there were some issues that um, at least two of them were arrested over the weekend. So there is uh, was a bit of paperwork that had to be done before they make their appearance here in court. Now, what we do know, Mandy, is that um, four of the people that are arrested are truck drivers while the other person is a former truck driver. We know that the youngest is about 20 years old and the oldest man is about 16 years old. So um, we are now just waiting to, to go into courtroom uh, when, they, uh, when the paperwork is done. Mandy
1: And to be, So do we know what charges these five are going to be uh, facing today?
3: Yes, so um, obviously it is a malicious damage uh, to property, hijacking, uh, public violence. But also um, there, there could be a case of attempted murder uh, because uh, you remember that in one incident um, there, there was um, a lady in one of the trucks who got, um, got, uh, got burned in, in her leg. So um, there might uh, be an attempted murder charge, but we're still waiting to hear. Uh, we'll just find out as mm. soon as we go to court.
1: To be so, thank you very much. Uh, to be so, Gorba, EWN reporter in Ermelo for us outside the Ermelo Magistrate's Court where five people are appearing today. So the police have said that the ringleaders are believed to be based in KZN. Uh, the police also saying that the army has now been deployed as well to back up the police in their operations. There were reports over the weekend that this may be linked to Operation Dudula, that it may be uh, linked to the possibility that former President Jacob Zuma may have to go back to prison as well. The Deputy National Commissioner of the police. Shadrach Sabir has been speaking about this. He spoke to my colleague Bongani Bingwa on 702 earlier today. Have a listen to what he's had to say.
5: There is no connection between uh, Scom or any other like your your, your, your July unrest. uh, The people that we've arrested specifically are truck drivers and all of them, we we interviewed them and uh, all they say is that, look, we are, we are we are just concerned that our employees, they don't listen to us. They employ foreigners. When you try to negotiate for a salary increase, they just go and employ foreigners. Uh, they took a shortcut and just employ foreigners. As a result, they are not able to get the salaries they want. This is what it is about.
4: There is a belief in some quarters that in fact very politically influential people are behind some of these networks or at least connected to them because generally when you make the arrest, it seems to me to be the foot soldiers and not the ringleaders.
5: No, no. We, we, we do have a list of all we're looking for. We do know our people and all I can confirm now but uh, at this point in time is that there is no connectivity whatsoever to any other motive than the labor related matter that we're talking about. And there isn't any other other than the people that we interviewed. We, we interview them to a great extent and all of them, they just speak one language.
1: So, that is the Deputy National Commissioner, Shadrach Sabir. So, what are your thoughts? Is there more to this? Uh, Is it about Operation Dudula and the fact that foreigners are driving trucks, uh, or is it a labor issue? Uh, Clearly, there are concerns here on the side of crime intelligence as well. Has enough been done?
0: The Midday Report.
1: So aside from that court appearance in the Ermelo Magistrate's Court today, there are plenty of other court cases that we are keeping an eye on now. I'm going to take you through a few of those. Babita Diokoran's uh, alleged murderers appearing in court. Sandile Gumere's corruption trial also supposed to resume today. But let's start with the Senzo Meiyua trial, because that is uh, uh, you know, one that we were expecting uh, to happen today. The fact that uh, that Senzo Meiyua trial was supposed to resume with a new judge. The trial was due to start... A fresh with witnesses taking to the stand with their testimony testimonies again and there is a new judge because judge tefiwe maumela was sick but then also he was suspended nokokanya Mtumbo, ewn reporter joining us now Nokukanya, good morning good afternoon to you thank you very much for your time today has the trial started afresh what has happened there today
6: Good afternoon, Mandy. Well, certainly the trial has started afresh, correctly you said. There is a new judge presiding over this matter following the suspension and the ill health of the previous judge. Now we've got, for us, Judge Ratan Mukwateng, who is going to preside over this judge. And I think, uh, you know, it's been a highly anticipated start to this morning. There were about two hours of a delay earlier today. It's unclear what the lawyers uh, we're discussing in chambers for the duration of those two hours leading to that delay, but we are uh, finally getting up and running. Sadly, uh, uh, Mandy, it might be uh, somewhat another delay, perhaps by just at least today, what they are discussing currently in court now. Is a possible uh, postponement until tomorrow just to iron out a few matters, including uh, legal aid for some of the accused as well as um, just uh, a pretrial conference in front of the judge. They're hoping to get that done by tomorrow. There was the question, Mandy from Judge Mokwadreng about why they couldn't do uh, all of these things today, or at least get a bulk of them out of the way today, uh, you know, to, to circumvent those delays. But it seems the issue of the legal aid for some of the accused is what will continue
1: to store the matter mm. and possibly a postponement
6: to tomorrow then.
1: Look, is it absolutely certain that all of the witnesses will have to redo their testimony? I have been in some uh, instances in court where both the prosecution and the defense may agree to accept the evidence that has been given before. Is this going to have to completely start from afresh?
6: From the sense that we've gotten so far, Mandy, it seems everything will have to start afresh, including the accused having to plead again before the court. Uh, now, Judge Mohawk made uh, an example out of an FCA judgment uh, from a couple of years ago where, uh, you know, it was a similar matter. A, ju- a, a, ju- a new judge needing to provide over the matter and all of the evidence that was before the court. Um, having to be nullified, uh, you know, and from the sense of, you know, from that, we got the sense that uh, absolutely right from the beginning with them had, having to plead afresh um, with the evidence, new evidence having to put onto, to, um, you know, put before the court. Uh, and so it really has been, it is going to be, in fact, uh, Straight, straight from the scratch, Nandi.
1: Apologies, Nokukanya. Thank you very much. Uh, Nokukanya Mtambo, EWN reporter in court for us, there, uh, giving us an update. So let's have a listen there, because Judge Rata Mohoatling uh, is currently speaking. Let's have a listen into what's happening. and then, as soon as we are done with that, my lord okay, then proceed to trial. Okay. So, the pre-trial
7: conference will start.
8: Today, That's the court, pleases. Is that so, sir? What, indeed, what's your time now? Indeed, my lord. The thing should be about quarter uh, past thirteen minutes past twelve. Okay. So the court will postpone this matter to, tomorrow at ten on the assumption that the pre-trial conference shall have been held. Is that, is that okay? That's fair enough. And right? then Mr. Mojoutu, I'll make arrangements with the registrar to phone him or her to come here in court. Is that okay? Please, please, my Lord. With the court's permission, there's just one aspect that I need to mention. Mm. My Lord, there has been a live broadcast of the audio recording of the witnesses up until this point, but there was no... Uh, live broadcast of the visual images, um, solely my lord to protect the, uh, the, the the witnesses, so this is for the safety and security of the uh, of the witnesses. Um, this was confirmed, there was a ruling by Judge Maumel in the previous proceedings, confirmed on the 18th of May, 2023, when the state requested a limitation on the audiovisual coverage of the evidence of the fifth witness who objected to the live broadcast. We have reached an agreement, my lot, with uh, the members of the media, as well as the defence, that the status quo can continue to obtain. In other words... There's no status quo. We said we're starting a phrase. Yes. Uh, uh, what I mean is that the... The audio live broadcast can continue, and we uh, just want to put on record that that is the arrangement. There was further an agreement with the press regarding certain um, issues, my lord, and that has also been clarified with them.
1: So, so starting afresh, there you heard uh, Judge uh, uh, Rata Mahuatling saying, we're starting afresh, so I wonder now, is there going to be a new application then uh, for this testimony to be broadcast? Because remember, that's what happened before Judge Tafiwe Maomela, the application from the media. Uh, the ruling there was that the audio could be broadcast, not the visuals of the witnesses. So now that matter has been postponed or is in the process of being postponed until tomorrow, the Senzo Media World trial having to start from the very beginning again.
0: The Midday Report.
1: Also in court today, the Babita Diokaran murder trial due to resume again today. The Gauteng Health Department official assassinated in August of 2021 after exposing corruption of more than a billion rand in contracts at Tembisa Hospital. Bernadette Wicks, EWN reporter, joining us now to speak about that. Bernadette, good afternoon to you. What has happened in court today?
9: Well, Mandy, as you mentioned, the trial was supposed to finally kick off today, and the accused before court were arrested almost two years ago now, so it has been quite a lengthy wait. Um, unfortunately, it didn't go ahead as planned. Um, one of the defense advocates, so it's Nenzi Similane, who's representing one of the accused, um, was unwell and wasn't able to be in court, and then the defense also needed a bit more time to go through the evidence that the um, state is relying on at trial, so um, it has been postponed until until the 7th of August and the accused will stay in custody until then.
1: Sure, so yet another delay. Babita Diokaran's family has been outspoken about the fact that this is taking so long. Also the fact that the, 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 the ringleaders or whoever may have been mm. behind her murder have not been arrested. Uh, obviously they must be frustrated by this.
9: I'm sure they are. We didn't see any family members in court today. Um, but like I said, it's been two years. And I remember at these um, accused' the very first appearance when they were still in the magistrate's court, speaking to the Hawk spokesperson afterwards, and she was insistent that there were more arrests coming. Um, but it's been two years since then. We've had no arrests. And that's also despite, obviously, the phenomenal investigation that News24 has done that's uncovered all the um, corruption involving Timbisa Hospital that Babita Diokran had apparently. Uncovered in the weeks leading up to her death. So, despite all of that, we still have no further arrests, which is obviously a major concern, and I'm sure a major concern for the family.
1: Bernadette, thank you very much. Uh, Bernadette Wicks, EWN reporter, speaking to us there. So, the Babita Quran murder trial, supposed to resume again today, that matter has now been postponed again to August, and incredibly frustrating. Uh, the fact that this uh, this isn't getting momentum, and and so often we see this. We've just heard the sentence: Miwa trial being postponed. Uh, the VCDR murder trial being postponed. Outer also today holding a march outside the court, saying that it's concerning that the Dear family has had no support from government as well. And just in the last couple of weeks, we have had uh, those uh, reforms for protection of whistleblowers being published by the justice ministry. Uh, so those are out for public comment at the moment or coming far too late for Babita Diokaran, but a conviction, at least, will bring some justice
0: for her family. The Midday Report.
2: Hi, Mandy. Um, torching of trucks. Why is it that the new services continue to ignore the fact that trucks are also being torched in the Kabaka area, um, close to Addo? Have a good day. Tom.
8: Uh, hi, Mandy. Look, uh, lodging is bad, man. I think Ramakupa must stop doing these press conferences just to apologize. I think he needs to spend time putting in some work and get rid of this thing, if it's possible. Uh, This thing of apologizing, man, he must just stop with it. We don't want that. We want work. We want to see work happening. Because people are suffering, especially businesses. It's MJ here in Pretoria.
1: Thank you very much for those WhatsApp or voice notes. Uh, so that was a response to the um, electricity minister uh, saying that he's sorry, apologizing to the nation earlier today for the escalating load shedding. And I asked the question do you, uh, do you value his apology or do you think that he shouldn't be having press conferences? Should he just be getting his hands dirty and, and getting the work done? I think there's some value in him coming out in the transparency and saying sorry, but I think for many people, sorry is just not enough.
0: The Midday Report
1: story in EWN today about the fact that at least 39 children have already been killed violently in the Western Cape this year, 39 children kids losing their lives. This is according to the quarterly crime stats released by the MEC of Police Oversight and Community Safety, Regan Allen. Allen saying that during that corresponding period in 2022, last year, 19 children were killed. Uh, Many of these, of course, related to gang violence. The MEC joining us now to speak about this. MEC, good afternoon to you. Thank you for your time today. Sure, that number of, of 39, uh, it's very hard to to appreciate the fact that each of those 39, of course, are children who, who have lost their lives.
10: Mandy, thank you so much for bringing us into this conversation and for us to highlight um, this scourge. It is deeply alarming. It is concerning. It's Quite frankly, heartbreaking, considering that children should be able to live in an environment in a community where they are able to play freely, um, walk the street freely, and ultimately be a young person, be a child. Um, So it's definitely very alarming. I've already had engagements with the South African Police Service. We have had engagements internally in the department by placing a court watching brief on all of these cases. I would want to see that everything is done in terms of the investigations that can ultimately lead to the successful prosecutions of of these murders and perpetrators. And I can say in the latest one where a perpetrator was busy, Mandy, cleaning a gun um, in the vicinity of a house. And the gun went off um, into the head of a young child. And that child has since succumbed to his injuries. And I can confirm the arrest has been made and that person is behind bars. Uh, We have also engaged our DPP's office uh, for prosecutions to ensure that in such cases, we must always um, Mm. um, demand that the state actually um, 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 oppose bail. So, but it's very alarming.
1: Uh, MEC, we have seen this escalation, effectively a doubling, if you compare the corresponding period last year to the mm. period this year. What do you attribute that to? And do you believe that that, that you could be doing more, or is this purely a matter of, of policing at station level? We know we've had this conversation about mm. about policing in the Western Cape, whether it should be um, removed from national... Uh, what do you attribute this to? Uh,
10: Mandy, it's being at the British Um, attributed to based on the data and the evidence that we have a large portion over 50% of that would be linked to gang violence whereby um, children are caught in crossfires. Um, The others are still under investigation and no motive um, has been established. It will be premature and it will be totally uncalled for to make a statement to say that it is a result of children being targeted. That is not the indication. That is not where the evidence is showing us. But it is attributed to gang violence. And even in that regard, Mandy, our relaunch of our reward system where community members are able to report where these illegal firearms are because it's contributing to a large amount of murders in our province not only for children but across the board as well but your initial question mandy when you ask are we doing enough? Um, I would personally always want to do more. We would always want to stretch ourselves even further, making sure that our communities are safer. Um, when, you, um, when you have grown up in those communities and when you see how we ultimately need to, to play outside, um, mm-hmm. we never had TV and we never had um, the stuff that our young people nowadays can keep them safe inside of our house. Uh, and we know that is still a reality for many of our community right. members.
1: MEC, thank you very much for making the time to speak to us. That's the MEC Police Oversight Community Safety Regan Allen speaking to us there about those quarterly crime statistics uh, that show us that 39 children, each one of those children, of course, a family in mourning. That number is just far too high. And many of those are attributed to gang violence.
0: The Midday Report.
2: Hi, right, good afternoon, Mandy. Yeah, this is good leadership. Uh, you brief people of what is happening, the current problem, and then everything. So I feel very satisfied that, that he's doing his work, and then... Even when he started, he started visiting the different plants. And then he was criticized from, I think, Malema about him visiting there. But there's a lot of improvement since, I think, last week. So thank you. It's Clement and Bye.
11: Good afternoon. Uh, I think uh, Dr. Ramahupa is doing uh, 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 the right thing. It shows leadership. It shows uh, concern. Thank you.
1: Thanks very much for those WhatsApp voice notes. Uh, so this, of course, a response uh, to the sound I played a bit earlier on of the electricity minister, Dr. Josien Enso apologizing for the escalating stages of load shedding. He's saying it's unacceptable going to higher stages like stage six should not be the norm. And, and this is, you know, some people will always be critical because of load shedding, uh, but the fact that Josien Enso is coming out and being transparent, it's very much what de did as well. He uh, came out and explain to us in constant updates. Um, but the fact that uh, Josie Encora has done this today is it good enough for you, or is nothing going to be good enough as long as we have load shedding? Any level of load shedding is should not be the norm, should not be acceptable. Uh, we did go into stage six again. We are out of stage six now. Um, but uh, Josie Encora also saying to us that it wouldn't be that bad this winter. Also, are you concerned that they're not doing enough maintenance? Uh, what are your What is your reaction to Josie we will speak to our reporter who was at that briefing a bit later on as well.
0: The Midday Report.
1: Well, let's go to KwaZulu Natal now, because victims of, of a fire that swept through the Kennedy Road informal settlement in Durban uh, have been speaking to the media, saying they're experiencing a lot of distress. One person died; several others were left injured as well. A thousand homes were razed. Firefighters extinguished that blaze yesterday. So many people trying to salvage whatever belongings they have, uh, trying to rebuild their homes as well. The Ethequyini Fire Department calling on Durban communities to practice maximum safety during the winter period. and Klaikla Mabaso, EWN KZN reporter, is there for us today. And Nklaikla, good afternoon to you. Thank you for your time. What are the, the residents of the Kennedy Road informal settlement telling you then, and what are you seeing today?
7: Well, Mandy, they've raised concerns about the fact that, you know, this fire has now left them with roofs, and the fact that so this is not the first time they've experienced fire. They say in 2011 they experienced a huge fire, and then again in 2016 but they say this is the biggest they've ever had and they're now pleading to, with government to build them proper houses they say there were those plans and promises made to them in fact hence why yesterday we spoke to one of them that was me and he said you'll see the politicians will now come use this as a political campaign ahead of next year's election, saying that's what always happens when they have a fire that it's made a political football and then they made all these promises are given to them but never really kept. So there are raising concerns with that regard, but also pleading because they say they do not actually even have the energy to ask for any help from government, but they say anyone who can to at least lend a hand and help them rebuild their community. I can tell you, Mandy. From a distance, if you looked at uh, the community itself, a lot of shocks were down. One person dead, but a child is still m- missing, such as two teams have tried searching for the child with no success, maybe.
1: And do we know at this stage what actually caused yeah. this place?
7: Not as it stands, maybe, but according to community members, is that one of the community members that left a promise of all. But according to the, uh, some people in the disaster management team, they say that um, two guys were actually having a fight on Saturday and the other one said, I- I'll torch your house and they say that's what led to the fire but there's no official comment from the subs and the, uh, any department in Ontario, especially the fire department, but they're saying that they are probing that incident. But given the fact that that is an informal settlement, mainly, and the shacks that build one next to the other with no, you know, really good in- or big enough space between the houses there, so the actually unified department and then called on those community members to say, you know, they should be careful with their electric appliances, but also raised concerns about the amount of illegal connections. I think it is one of the reasons which, I mean, one of the concerns they had when, you know, battling that place yesterday, saying that with the amount of illegal connections, it was very difficult for them to work. But as it stands, no official confirmation on what the course was meant.
1: And Krantla, thank you very much. And Mabaso, EWN KZN reporter, uh, who uh, was out there visiting the Kennedy Road informal settlement. Well, he spoke there about the necessity for help from government, from any organisations as well. Sia Bonga is the provincial manager for the South African Red Cross Society in KZN. Sia Bonga, good afternoon to you. Thank you very much for your time today. What uh, what help are you providing in the Kennedy informal settlement, and and what have you been seeing there?
4: Uh, what we have been seeing is uh, very much um, of devastation uh, as, this, uh, as, as Mr. Mabas was just saying that it's actually not the first time this is happening. Uh, and it's actually it, it happening at a time where even if the weather is quite cold and people are being displaced at this time. So it's quite, quite uh, devastating and we are worried as we are also even organizing teams that are going to be coming in to provide psychosocial support. Uh, restoration of family links uh, besides the support that we are currently offering of providing hot meals uh, three times in a day Um, and we are also participating in disaster management joint operations that are are seeing the distribution of mattresses, blankets uh, as well as hygiene packs
1: as we heard from Nkanka there, one of the, the concerns in that area is that the, the houses or the shacks are built so close together. Um, is there some education being done as well in terms of educating uh, people to create more distance? Uh, or, you know, how, how do you ensure that this doesn't become a recurring problem as it has happened before?
4: That is actually uh, in one of our plans that uh, before uh, the building of the project. Actually, tomorrow we are going to start um, uh, assisting with cleaning uh, of the area before the, the rebuilding uh, starts. So w- when we are assisting there, we are planning also to engage with the community that and also the municipality as well as disaster management that we have to have measures in place. Uh, and, and 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 regulations that actually could be controlling how they are building their shacks because the shacks are very much close to each other. Even if if at least they could be a meter, like two meter, two to three meters apart, I think that would minimize the risk of the fire spreading. Uh, whenever uh, such an incident happens, it, it can be contained even uh, to one um, uh, shack only instead of, of spreading and, and burning mm-hmm. everything. So and if we can have that in place, I think it would minimise the risk.
1: And uh, Sia Bonga, for, for any of our listeners who may be in KZN who want to assist, uh, what kind of assistance uh, do you require and do, do these residents require? Uh,
4: food will be very much appreciated. Food, clothing, because uh, many people lost everything. Uh, as tomorrow, school, uh, high schools are opening, high and primary schools are opening. There's going to, There is a need for school uniforms as children do not have uniforms. As uh, some were banned there, uh, during, during their fire incident.
1: Sia Bonga, thank you very much. Uh, Sia Bonga Hlachwayo is the KZN manager for the Red Cross, speaking to us there about this fire in the Kennedy Road informal settlement, where over a thousand homes were raised over the weekend.
0: The Midday Report.
1: So, as I mentioned, the Minister of Electricity, Dr. Josien Soramachopa, today holding that briefing on progress that has been made regarding the security issues on the implementation of the Energy Action Plan. Alpha Ramashwana, EWN reporter, joining us now. Alpha, good afternoon to you. We did play some audio of Josien Soramachopa earlier apologizing. What else did he have to say about this ongoing and escalating load shedding?
11: Well, good afternoon, Mandy. Of course, the minister has just concluded a media briefing on the implementation of the Energy Action Plan, and he says anything above stage four of low shedding is unacceptable, considering that ESCOM's energy availability factor currently at, sits at 60%, which is really not bad, Mandy, when you think about how low it was before he was appointed to the position. He's also announced that the electricity grid remains a little bit vulnerable to harsh weather conditions. I mean, the recent cold front and snow that was experienced in parts of was, it has increased demand uh, of electricity. And because of breakdowns uh, in units, ESCOM uh, was unable to remain at lower stages of load shedding. But one positive aspect that Ramukopa announced is that they're expecting over 5,000 megawatts to return to the grid tomorrow. And this should bring some to, uh, or relief to the grid and essentially lead to lower stages of, of, of load shedding.
1: He's also spoken about the security issue. That was the purpose of the uh, briefing, saying 126 people have been arrested for various crimes at ESCOM since April last year. 2,147 cases reported to the police. 1,586 of those are under investigation. What has he said uh, more generally about uh, the security issue?
11: Yes, well, he couldn't go into detail when it comes to the security issue. And uh, it's a bit concerning because that was the whole purpose of the briefing. Uh, the reason why he couldn't go into detail is because a uh, uh, police minister, Begit who was supposed to give those figures and those details in detail could not make it to the briefing today. But Ramokopa briefly touched on the security measures implemented to protect the Energy Action Plan and he announced that from the 1st of April uh, well, you've stated the one from 1st of April 2022, but from the 1st of April this year to date uh, about 66 people were arrested in connection to crime and sabotage at ESCOM. And this is of course through the assistance of the Defence Force which was deployed to safeguard ESCOM's power stations in December last year Uh, But uh, they are saying that uh, the SANDS has yielded desired outcomes As the last case of uh, uh, sabotage at ESCOM was reported in February uh, Meaning that there has been some improvement between February and now When it comes to uh, dealing with sabotage uh, at at the power utility
1: You mentioned the outlook Um, What else has he had to say about what kind of load shedding we can expect?
11: well he seems confident that over the next few days uh, stages of load shedding will go or will will go low and will not go above stage uh four he, like like you heard him apologize for stage six load shedding he says uh ESCOM's recent progress of tackling load shedding it, it, they've been doing well uh, it was just a hurdle that they experienced due to the cold weather in the past few days and that's what essentially load led to the higher stages of load shedding but it was also escalated because of uh ESCOM had been facing generating uh, uh, poor generating capacity in those few days. But he says uh, looking at the trend line, the overall trend line, ESCOM is doing quite well and there won't be any uh, high stages of load shedding uh, in the next few days. He is saying that stage four is the maximum that uh, residents or South Africans could expect uh, as... as, uh, The megawatts come back Mm. to the electricity grid.
1: Uh, Alpha, he's also spoken about the refurbishment of Kubeg. And he says that Kubik seems to be running over time. There is a possibility that both units will be be out of service at the same time. This means higher stages of load shedding. uh, And he used the words very, very worried about Kubik refurbishment being behind schedule. How alarmed was he about this?
11: Yeah, he says he's he's, he's, clearly very alarmed when it comes to the Kuba power station because he did announce that that power station is one of the major setbacks when it comes to load shedding, and if that uh, uh, power station is not... the units at that power station are not fixed and the repairs refurbishments are not treated with urgency it will affect uh, escom's um, fight to ending load shedding or escom's attempts actually to prevent higher stages of load shedding but he does say that most of the other power stations are starting to do well and uh, that will assist uh, south africans or escom actually from uh, not going low uh, high into load shedding
1: Alpha, we have also been asking the question here about the fact that there seems to be a lot of response to the electricity minister's transparency. These briefings are are regular briefings. Uh, He holds them usually on a Sunday morning. Um, But what is the the sense of of his commitment to transparency and making sure that he communicates with with the country and the fact that he has made an apology today?
11: Well he says he says one of he he's actually he actually says this at almost every briefing that he holds, that one of his duties is to uh assure South Africans that uh, the work he's doing will bring desired outcomes. He says that uh he aims to communicate uh, every single move that uh, ESCOM does and that he does to bring uh, an end to load shedding. And the reason he says he's apologized to South Africans for stage six of load shedding is because he had uh, sort of assured them that they won't go through high stages of load shedding this winter. It might be an easy winter. As you remember last week, uh, South Africa was uh, cruising between stage two and stage four of load shedding and... The recent weather conditions have set them back, and he says that's his reason for uh, apologizing. And the major setbacks that we've seen over the past uh, week had to be communicated uh, as he plans to keep communicating with South Africans about where the country is when it comes to ending load shedding.
1: Alpha, thank you so much. Alpha Ramashwana, EWN reporter, speaking to us there about Josien Soramajopa, Dr. Josien the electricity minister's briefing today, uh, that weekly briefing, giving us an update on the state of the grid, uh, on security issues as well.
0: The Midday Report. Uh, Mandy, Cosienzo must get ready. We will get
3: most
7: many of those profuse, profuse apologies. A lot is still loading, eh? Yeah, we're going to get a lot of that. And uh, also, uh, thanks also for the to do, do your current story. You oh, have almost always thank you. You always, Mandy, always uh, make this story. You keep it. Let's just, yeah, no, I'm also not impressed at the delay. But again, the, the fact that we're keeping the story alive, keep talking about it, I think more than anything ever keeps, keeps her memory because I, I really ha- I have a thing. You know, for whistleblowers. Uh, Prince here in Bedfordview.
1: Hey, Prince and Bed Review, thank you very much. I do feel very strongly about this. Um, Babita Diokaran murdered for doing the right thing, for trying to put the brakes on dodgy payments at the Tembisa Hospital. Uh, And the fact that News24 and Jeff Wicks have done such incredible work investigating why Babita Diokaran was killed, what she was trying to expose, uh, this very much extraction network type operation that was happening at Tembisa Hospital. And that's why we have to keep the story in the news because of people like Babita Diokaran and making sure that there is accountability. I've met her family. Um, her family uh, have always said they just want justice to be done. I've, I've met her daughter and interviewed her as well. And really, they just want accountability. They don't just want the shooters to be held accountable, but the people who are behind this syndicate, whoever ordered her her murder as well, need to be held accountable.
0: The Midday Report.
1: That's a wrap of the day's news. Don't forget you can catch the full Midday Report live on 702 and Cape Talk via our streams on YouTube and our website, 702.co.za and capetalk.co.za. Keep checking in for updates from my colleagues at Eyewitness News. Till the next time, I'm Mandy Wiener.